Hello and welcome to Cannon and Cockrell. I'm Michael, I'm a Spurs fan. And I'm Jason and unfortunately I'm still an Arsenal fan. And uh, the 2019-2020 Premier League season has begun. Uh, it started with a 3-1 home win over Aston Villa for Tottenham and a 1-0 away win at Newcastle for Arsenal. Uh, it was a busy summer for both clubs as well. Spurs actually signed a player and Arsenal were particularly busy. Jason, how did you feel about Arsenal's opening result and your summer transfer window? Well, I hate to go straight to comparisons, but I'd say ours is more of an impressive result in the circumstances. You know, to go away to, to a team who have something to prove now um, and uh, up north, rainy day um, with, with kind of a, a squad uh, of new players not particularly match fit, um, a starting eleven not quite at the gelling stage, kind of a few youth spilled in there. Um, I thought it was fantastic. You know, there were there were a couple of moments when uh, Saint, what's his face, Saint Martin, Saint Maximum, Maximum, I think, came on. We thought, oh, it's going to be same old. But to 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 score that lovely goal, Arsenal do that. But to to shut up shop and not concede is is a is a milestone for Arsenal actually to, uh, under the circumstances, um, especially at this energetic part of the season. So I'm very I'm very proud of that opening result. Um, and I'd be interested to see how you feel because I unfortunately was watching with a Spurs fan yesterday and I, I said I said at 80 minutes I said you know what if that Harry Kane ends up popping up again I think I'm just going to leave I just don't think I want to even have dinner and two minutes later Harry Kane again um, I'd love to before we go into kind of the, the summer dealings I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, it's another jammy win for the Spurs well, I thought it showed, you know, Spurs have been criticised in the past, obviously, for mentality and not having the the bottle to, to win matches when it counts. But I think after yesterday, there was some stat going around about how we've now rescued more points from losing positions than any other team in the league in recent years. And I think it showed the never-say-die spirit that this squad has under Pochettino. We saw it in the Champions League last season with the comebacks against Ajax and you know, yesterday, again, could have been the same old story with Tottenham. You know, first day, newly promoted side, always difficult to play a team that's just come up, particularly if you give them an early goal and they've got something to sit back on and defend. But we kept on plugging away, plugging away, plugging away. And when you've got a striker of Harry Kane's quality and you give him that opportunity, he's going to score. And then to go and get the third goal as well and really put the icing on the cake. And I think this season, you know, it's the first summer in a long time where Harry Kane's actually been able to have a proper rest, you know, no competitions, anything like that. And I think he will be going back for that golden boot this season, you know, two goals already on the first day. I think he's up for it. I think he's hungry. I think, you know, if he stays fit, he could be have one of his best seasons in front of goal. And if he does that, that'd be good for Tottenham. And I think, you know, Undembele as well, our new signing, getting on the score sheet, good for him, help him settle in and feel a bit more confident and comfortable in the league. And I think we were, you know, deserved the victory. 31 attempts on goal by the end of it. I think it would have been uh, a shame if, if we hadn't got the win. And I think even Aston Villa would admit that by the end of the game, it, it was hard to begrudge us the victory. And it's good to see, you know, get off, start with three points, first full season at our new stadium. And given we've got two very difficult away matches coming up, away against City and then we'll be home to Newcastle, but then away to Arsenal after that, it's important we, we do win these, these home games against the likes of Aston Villa. So... I was ultimately very happy, but bad first half, but turned it around in the second half and was very pleased by the end of it. The only concern is how much we 
changed when Christian Eriksen came on. And if this is going to be, you know, he could still leave. There's still European transfer windows open. And if he's not going to sign a new contract, I can see it becoming a bit like Aaron Ramsey at Arsenal last season, where he's an integral part of our play and our creativity, but isn't sticking around and could pose as a bigger problem later down the line. But so far, so good. And it's interesting you mentioned about Ericsson, actually. It's something that I was thinking about because on that pitch yesterday and, and off it, there were there are players still at Spurs who kind of thought they were going to get a move away. And, and those who, when everyone's fit and new signings are embedded, aren't going to get a look in. So Ericsson, obviously, we've just touched upon. Danny Rose, after you know years of saying he wanted to leave, suddenly now starting left back again. Um, what does that? What message does that send out to someone like Ben Davies? Um, Kyle Walker-Peters um, looks okay, but you know when Oreo comes back, does he go down the pecking order? Have you actually replaced a world-class player, in my opinion, potentially in Trippier, who probably wasn't managed the way he should have been? Kind of another another um, another victim of the Spurs transfer merry-go-round. Um, the Tongan suddenly not playing. Rumours of kind of contract disputes. Older viral, not sure what's going on with him um, either. Lamella, I'm surprised, is still sticking around as well. And Kudu suddenly coming on. I don't, I don't know behind the scenes if there's a harmonious squad at Spurs. That's that's what I, what I think from the outside. But it might be because I'm slightly biased. Um, but I'd love to hear they... your thoughts on the on the harmony um, and the squad spirit. Do you think it's there? Have you heard any rumblings? I think the squad spirits, I think when you look at the way they celebrated those those two, the, the second and third goal together, I think you can't doubt that the, the squad chemistry, I think all the players get along with each other very well. I don't think it's an issue of how the players get along with each other. I think obviously you've maybe got certain individual players who have had disagreements with the club when it comes to contract negotiations rather than the dressing room itself being at war with one another. I think all the players get along with each other very well and, and they you know, I think Pochettino, it's one of the, the things he's managed to do very well is keep the spirit in the squad high. I think you don't get those those two goals in the last few minutes to win the game if, if you don't have a strong spirit in the squad. But I think definitely the, the situation with players and players' contracts at the moment isn't ideal. And it's quite rare for Tottenham and Daniel Levy in particular to find themselves in a situation where you've got Aldeville and Eriksson in the last year of their contracts. Obviously, there is the whole situation with Danny Rose, rumours that we wanted to sell him. A lot of the fans didn't want to sell him because probably is our best left back at the moment. Um, the Trippier situation, funnily enough, he was the scapegoat for Tottenham last season. I think a lot of Spurs fans are happy to see him go, but I actually agree with you in that I think he's a far better player than uh, he looked last season. And I think we might regret letting him go. I think Kyle Walker-Peters has a lot of promise, but between him and Aurier, right back, it's definitely a, a position where we look weak now. Um and the Ericsson situation, as I said, I can see it. I'm worried that it might be like Ramsey at Arsenal last season, where we come to rely upon a player for our creativity who ultimately isn't going to be sticking around. And then, you know, do you integrate players like Celso and Sessegnon and focus on other players like Deli Ali and leave Ericsson on, on the bench and, you know, to focus on the players who are going to stick around? But then, as we saw yesterday, you know, are you then going to have to be forced to throw Ericsson on and kind of undermine that? I think it's going to be very interesting to see now how Pochettino manages those players who, like you said, wanted to go and are still here and how much he integrates them. I think that will be the, the thing to keep an eye on for Spurs this season and could have the potential later down the line to cause issues. At the moment, I think we're getting away with it, but definitely it's something to watch over the course of the season.
I'm mentioning all those new signings. How did you think your window went? Considering a transfer window might be must be quite unusual for you now. You must have been you must have been comfortable, you know, going to bed early thinking, nah, no signings now. We don't need signings. Spurs they do signings. A bit like Arsenal back in the day. Were you were you happy? Um, have you got? Did you get everyone you wanted in terms of positions? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think the main one was Undembele. We needed another central midfielder after we lost uh, Musa Dembele. And given that Wanyama is not really the player that he used to be, you know, we were really down last season to Winks and Sissoko. Dyer seems to have a new injury every other week at the moment. So Undembele was a big one for us to kind of fill that void left by Musa Dembele. And I think Sessegnon was someone we'd be linked to for a long time. And I think he's a huge prospect for the future. Giovanni Lo Celso, I think, is probably the long-term Ericsson replacement. Um, obviously, we were linked to Dybala, which, if that had gone through, I think would have been the biggest signing that I've seen in my time at Spurs, just in terms of the, the profile of the player. But I think, in retrospect, it's probably maybe for the best we didn't get him, given we do have Lucas Moura, we do have Hyungmin Son, we do have Deli Ali, Lamella is still sticking around. And I think, potentially, if Dybala had come in and kind of kicked one of those players out of the team, maybe we would have seen kind of the splits in the squad that you were talking about earlier. One position, as I said, right back, not maybe, it's still a bit unsure whether we're, you know, we're definitely not as strong at fullback as we used to be when we had Danny Rose in his prime and Kyle Walker. You know, it's a question mark at right back who our best player is. And at left back, I think Danny Rose is probably our best fullback, but he's not as good as he used to be. And Ben Davies doesn't quite give you the same dynamism so maybe at fullback we could have strengthened a bit more. But I think other than that, it was a great transfer window. I think we brought in some really good players who I think are going to improve us and give us a bit more strength and depth. I mean, the fact that we could bring Ericsson off the bench, you know, that's something we wouldn't have been able to do last season because we wouldn't have had someone else to play instead of Christian Ericsson. So I think we've got more options and more quality now in the squad than we did last season. But I'm interested what you think in whether Arsenal have strengthened where they needed to because I know you've got David Louise and Kieran Tierney but do you really think they're going to strengthen the defence as much as it needs to be strengthened to really take you up a level? Well it's funny because I was thinking about this and it's one of those rare windows where I'm more disappointed in who hasn't left than who's come in you know I think in terms of in terms of what we've signed you know from the back to the front we, we've we've signed in numbers we've signed um Someone for the future in um, William Saliba. Nice year back in France. I'm, I'm not. I never quite understand that. If you don't think the player's ready, why sign them? I, I'm always a little bit apprehensive on that on that front. But hopefully he can come back uh, good. David Louise, I'm excited about. You know, Premier League proven. Might be a bit a little bit older, but has um, has experience. He's a winner, serial winner. Played on some amazing managers. Um, I believe alongside someone as solid as Socrates can provide that something a little bit different. Um, Tierney, I don't know much about, but again, I've heard great things. It's one for the future and uh, someone who, when he comes back from injury, can hopefully with Bellerin or or Maitland-Niles on the other side, really create um, some pace out wide um, and and give us a different option. Um, Chabelos, indifferent. He didn't look very good today, actually. It reminds me very much of the, the Denis Suarez situation, actually. I'm not quite sure whether it's just a political move and just, just, a, just a, bit of a, a, bit of a bit of a name to put on the team sheet. I don't quite understand. He looks OK. I'm not sure what he's going to bring that's different to some of the players we have. I hope I'm proved wrong. Um, Martinelli, again, 
don't quite understand why we put bring someone like that if he wasn't kind of near the finished article because we had someone like Eddie Nketiah who's getting in the right positions, he's getting a couple of goals in pre-season. I'm not a huge fan of Eddie's um, professionally, but um, you know, it kind of now that blocks his progression. Um, and obviously, our record signing Nicolas Pepe, very exciting. Um, just to get those big uh, players in. I must admit, I don't know much about him. Didn't know much about him at all. Um, but, you know, good reputation, good stats. L- couple of glimpses today. I-, I think it's very harsh, everyone kind of jumping on the bandwagon after 20 minutes up at Newcastle. I, I almost thought we should have held him back for a home game against Burnley next week, kind of on the on the carpet of the Emirates, just to kind of um, to ease him into English football. I think he, he might be a slower burner, um, but again, time will tell. But when I mentioned just before about kind of the, um, the players out, um, for me, what I worry about is that we have all these new signings, they'll be integrated, great, but when inevitable injuries uh, come off, you're, you're, the full backs that you'll have in the squad will be these players who shouldn't be at the club. So Mustafi, which I'm hoping he wasn't in the squad today, I hope he leaves. I'm, I'm nervous about Monreal still. Um, you know, um, I worry about Ozil still as well, regardless of the, what's been going on, on in his personal life. Um, the security issues, I do worry that he's still not, he's not the player I think we should have. He's not got the enthusiasm, he's not got the... the the kind of, uh, you know, the impact that we would have wanted him to have day in, day out. I don't think he should be part of this new look Arsenal team. The likes of El Nene, I still don't quite understand. Shaka, I don't know why Torreira doesn't start every game. So there's still a little bit of Deadwood um, that we've yet to get rid of. We've got quite rid of quite a lot. But I think that's that's my disappointment of, of the summer. And how did you feel about the whole Koscielny situation? I was absolutely appalled. Um, from start to finish. I've never been a huge Kajoni fan. I feel like he's always been the one who I can uh, a scapegoat, but justifiably, you know, I'm always pointing. He's the one that let that run go. He's the one that was too weak in the tackle. He was the one that was was uh, not leading the, at the back. Um, own goal merchant from, from, from how I remember him. Um, whatever's been going on behind the scenes, if he wants to stick it to Arsenal as a business, fine. But for the fans who supported him, who loved him through thick and thin, I think he's, he, I think he's stole the living at Arsenal for quite a while. I don't think he deserved to be the captain. And I certainly don't believe he deserved to be in that squad. Um, and to ask to be, you know, to ask to go for zero when, you know, no, sorry. Don't be like that. A few million will sell you. That, that's, that's, how, that's how football business works. And I think the, the insult to injury is, is that that's that signing video. He knew exactly what he was doing with it. Um, and, you know, any legacy he thought he had or fans thought he had, I think it's completely out of the window. I'm, I'm, I just don't. But then almost for me, I'm like, well, it's a non-story because he was, he was a non-player for me. He's someone who I will never remember in an Arsenal shirt, really. I don't want to because, because for me, um, Kajelny equals failure at Arsenal. You know, he did win some FA Cups, but he wasn't the catalyst for that. Um, he reminds me of those Wenger, those latter Wenger years, and the sooner we can get rid of players from that era, the better, in my opinion. And you were talking about David Louise, and you, you talked about him being a serial winner and all of that, but he also is quite erratic, can be quite 
all over the place at times as well. He's getting on a bit. You know, he's not a long-term option. Obviously, you signed uh, William Saliba. You said he's been sent out on loan, not ready yet. You spent this record fee on Nicola Pepe. You know, shouldn't Arsenal have been the one maybe spending that amount of money on a Harry Maguire instead? I mean, do you really think you've gone out and signed the best centre-backs you could have done? Absolutely agree with you. And I don't know what happened there. I think the, 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 that new transfer and technical team have gone in and said, you know what, we want to make Arsenal play the Arsenal way, which is that attacking, free-flowing football. And that they, they, they clearly think, and they, you know, Emery's even seen it, I don't care how many we concede as long as we score more. Um, slightly ignorant way of looking at it. We've seen Liverpool um, have done it. You know, they went out and bought what they needed at the back and look, they win a Champions League and nearly win a Premier League. Um, you know, United have just gone for Maguire based on today. You know, you think they're, they're going to be they're going to be a lot better and have more license to go forward if they know they have solid foundations at the back. So, slightly disappointing that. But I I hope that you know something happens in January. Whether this is just a stopgap. Uh, but for me, the most important thing is if they're coaching the right way. I believe any top player can, can defend um, to the. To, uh, against these teams in the Premier League, you know they should be good enough. You're playing for Arsenal, you should be able to defend against uh, anyone um, below the top uh, six or seven, in my opinion. I also, I also speaking of transfer fees. I mean, you sign players like the Chelsea, massive, massive fees. Very good player, I've heard. Again, I haven't heard of him before. All this transfer rumours. Is that the world class um, increase in talent? you really needed because we always talk about Spurs kind of bringing in youth and kind of, you know, with the bail money, they brought in a few average players rather than one solid, solid player. And I just wonder whether, do you think that's, that as, as a name and as a talent is enough? You know, those Dybala deals, that is what's going to take Spurs to the next level. And, and, and I'd love to know your thoughts as a Spurs fan on that. Well, as I said, obviously I would have been ecstatic if we got the Dybala deal over the line, but, I wonder whether that would have been for the wrong reasons, just because he's a big name who everybody knows. And it feels like that that's a statement signing which take you to the next level. But then when you actually think about it, you think, well, whose spot in the team is he going to take? Jungman Son, who, you know, was scoring goals left, right and centre for us last season. Lucas Moura, who scored that hat-trick to get us to the Champions League final. You know, he's not going to take Harry Kane's spot in the team. So who's he knocking out of the team? And then you think, well, what effect could that then have in the dressing room? And about the Celso, I didn't know that much about him before either, I must admit. But by all reports, he's he was one of Pochettino's number one targets. Um, and I trust Pochettino and his judgment in players. If that was the player Pochettino wanted, then then I want him as well. And I think, you know, what he did in La Liga, I think, you know, if you compare him to maybe, I don't know, Nicola Pepe, for example, only time will tell who adjusts better to the Premier League. But I think, you know, I trust more the Celso stats in La Liga which I think is a stronger, more difficult league than Pepe's stats in, in, in Ligue 1, in the French league, which isn't as strong as, as the Spanish league. So I think Roselso has proven himself in La Liga. I think he's the player, a player Pochettino wanted. And I think, I think he might, as well as Pepe, be a slow burn. I think it'll be a while until we see the best of him. But I think him, as well as Undembele, as well as Sessegnon, I think between the three of them, they provide more depth, which I think is the main thing. You know, last season, we didn't really have the same strength and depth as the other teams around us. 
And that became a problem, I think, towards the end of the season with the fatigue, you know, players like Christian Eriksen, who basically had to play every single game. Now we can maybe afford to put them on the bench and rotate a bit more. So I think maybe that uh, increase in options in the squad will allow us to, to rest players a bit more and keep the overall levels up over a longer period of time, which could be just as important for us as going out and signing an already proven world-class player. If we have the ability to rotate more and keep players fresh, then that means we could you know, arrive towards the end of the season in a better condition than we did last year. Because last year, getting to the Champions League final really papered over the cracks over what was a pretty bad finish to the season. We, you know, we, we were pretty poor in the Premier League by the end of the year. And I think part of that was players who had to play every game because the, you know, there wasn't really any other option just came to the season and, and didn't have much left to give. So I think that's the most important thing for us is having more options rather than necessarily signing players who are going to be better than what we've got straight off the bat, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And, and speaking of the Champions League and you, the final, getting there and using all these players and you kind of alluded to, um, to Lucas Moura's great, great campaign and, you know, his, his hat-trick against Ajax. Do you believe that some of those players are going to try and live off that success? And, and how, long, how long will Spurs fans give it until, OK, truth is, still haven't won a trophy. You know, Pochettino, still a serial loser in terms of uh, competitions as far as winning goes. You know, how, uh, if, if it gets to the end of this year and you, realistically it doesn't happen again, um, that kind of campaign, um, what, what is this next step for Spurs? Because it seems like for a good five years, they said they're going to go plan for the title, they're going to start winning a trophy. Uh, and from an outside perspective, albeit a very biased one, I can't see it. I can't see that next step. Harsh words. Well, I, I would point you towards the words of Moshe Pochettino, who you mentioned there, because he said in an interview that he will see the season as a failure if we don't win a trophy, which is the first time I've heard him say that. You know, beforehand, he's always talked about, you know, needing to establish ourselves in the Champions League, talking about top four, saying oh, we don't have the same resources as everybody else, etc., but he has now come out and said he wants to win a trophy this season. We need to win a trophy. So he's set the standard and the expectation there. And I think rather than players resting on their laurels from getting to the Champions League final, I think getting that close to the biggest prize in football has motivated these players now that they realise that they can achieve these things and that they do want to win these trophies. And I think there's a newfound belief in the team and motivation as well to go out this season and get some silverware because they know how close they came last year, not just in the Champions League, but the semi-final of the League Cup as well, where they, we went out to Chelsea on penalties. You know, we got to a couple of FA Cup semi-finals in recent years, been in a couple of title races. You know, this team has gotten close and I think they're, they're just as eager as the fans are to win a trophy. So I don't doubt their, uh, their motivation at all. And now that Pochettino's even setting those standards publicly for a trophy, I think definitely they'll, they'll go all, all out for it. Whether we get one or not, I mean, look, it'd be difficult. City and Liverpool have already shown with their opening games how hard they'll be to, to match in the title race. Champions League, you know, last year's run was so unbelievable in so many ways. It's hard for anybody to repeat that. Obviously, Liverpool went one better, but, you know, so much depends on the draw and how things fall for you. And then, OK, we could go and win an FA Cup or a League Cup. But then, you know, even if we won one of those trophies, I still feel like some people would say, yeah, but you know, those trophies don't really mean as much as they used to. Not that I'm saying we shouldn't try and win them. I'd take any trophy at this stage. But 
you know, even if we win, you know, let's say we won the Carabao Cup, but finish outside the top four, that hasn't been a good season. So I think it's also about balancing out as well. But I think top four and a trophy, whatever trophy that may be, has to be the goal this season. And anything short of that will be seen as a disappointment. And I think that's the new standard we have to set ourselves. And I'd be interested to know, because obviously you lost in the Europa League final last season, back in the Europa League this year. But obviously, with all the signings you've made, getting back in the top four has to be the goal. I'm wondering what success looks like for Arsenal this season and whether you think any trophies are possible. Well, interesting you, you, you spin this back at me, because whilst we're on the topic of future game, I thought we could integrate this into a little bit game of a game. Um, I, I think this is the preamble before the actual game. Um, you've said your bit, but I can say mine, kind of about 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 um, how I see Arsenal's season going, actually, and about, you know, what, what I think that standard needs to be. Um, I think you and I, Amory, needs to get back in the top four. Number one priority. Get us back to where we were before Wenger screwed it all up. That is parity, if you like. That is the goal for me. The trophies, I would love a League Cup. I would love a, an FA Cup. It'd be lovely to win the Europa League and get top four. For me, that's better than just getting top four. Um, but goal number one, and probably the only goal, I don't care how we do it. I don't care if we, if we just sharp shop. Um, I don't care if we barely scrape by. I want top four because I want to be able to have us back amongst where we belong and rebuild and that's really that's really important to me you know it's the club I support um but taking it one further so I have a little idea um like kind of putting our money where our mouth is um I want to ask you your predictions on who will win the Premier League who the other top three will be and who will be the three clubs that will get relegated and also, we'll, we'll make it fair, we'll go domestic. Can you put a name on the League Cup and FA Cup champions this year? Ooh, OK. So, I think City will win the title. Interesting. I think Liverpool will be second. Um, I'll say Tottenham third. Well, and it. I think Arsenal will finish in the top four. I think he'll finish fourth. Very nice of you. Thank you. Thank you for um, thank you for that. We appreciate it thoroughly. Mainly because I think Unai Emery is a better manager than Solskjaer and Lampard. Explain. Well, Emery's experience, <laughs> his experience, the trophies he's won. You should have finished in the top four last year if you didn't bottle it in spectacular fashion. <laughs> you've made you've made good decent signings. Chelsea haven't made any signings. You know you, you you're better up front than Chelsea are. Um, don't think there's maybe much in it between the two of you defensively. United, obviously, they beat Chelsea 4-0 today, but, you know, time will tell whether things are all okay there. I think Arsenal will will get back in the top four. Relegation, I'm tempted to say Newcastle, Norwich and Sheffield United. Maybe a bit obvious choices, maybe there'll be a surprise in there, but who knows, maybe Watford, they had a great season last year, but bad start, losing 3-0 to Brighton, maybe they're running out of steam. And then the, the, the other trophies, I don't know, I can see maybe Leicester winning a trophy if they take them, decide to take one of them seriously. Maybe give them the League Cup, let's say, although in recent years, the top six sides tend to have won it. 
I can even maybe see Man United winning a trophy, maybe the FA Cup. Um, and Champions League, I think we'll see one of the big boys come back. I tend to say either Barcelona or Juventus for that. Lovely start. Big teams, big calls in there. Big calls. How about yourself? I, I uh, Right, so I agree with some of them. I think I think Liverpool are going to win the league. I think this is their time. I think City will come a close second. I think it just might be the turning of the tide. Funnily enough, I slightly disagree with you. I think United, I think, I think they're coming back. I think there was something about today's performance. It was the spirit. It was the, the kind of steely determination, a bit of balance. If they keep Paul Pogba, um, I'm going to go for them for third, actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of, of fourth, I mean, I think Chelsea are screwed. I, think, I don't know what's going on with them. I think Project Youth is very nice, but this is uh, the big boys now. I think they might even fall below one of the up-and-coming teams. So I do believe it's between Spurs and Arsenal for that, for that fourth place. Um, just to be an optimist, I'm going to go Arsenal. Whether or not I believe it is another story. So I'm going for Spurs to finally fall out the top four and give me uh, give me sleep sleep sleepy nights again. <laughs> um, in terms of relegation, absolutely Newcastle. They're done. They're finished. Got nothing left in them. I think Southampton as well finished. It's enough of them in in the Premier League as well. They're boring me. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking up the league table, actually, because there's sure I've mentioned another team the other day I think will go down. Um, I think I would have said Brighton before the other day. I think I'm going to go Brighton. I think it's a lovely start, but I think they might just run out of all that steam. So Brighton, Newcastle and Southampton, all the new boys to stay up. Um, league Cup, you just never know who's going to turn up. FA Cup as well. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Spurs win the FA Cup. Wow! I think, I think you're going to break your hoodoo, and I think Emery with his new uh, new team are going to win the League Cup, Champions League. I'm going to go PSG. I think it's time for someone new and exciting to win the league, to win the Champions League there, and the the Europa League itself. Um. I don't even know who's in it. I mean, I mean that says it all, doesn't it? Some random club. It's gonna be a random club. So I'm not. I'm just gonna say random club. <laughs> not Arsenal. Not Arsenal. No, I think we'll get out of it early. I think they need to. They want to be fully focused on the league this year. They don't want any distractions. Um, whether or not any of them are going to be right, we'll we'll uh, we'll speak in nine months to see how that uh, I don't know yeah. how that turns out revisit these predictions at the end of the season and any, anybody listening do let us know your predictions exactly just, listen you never you just never know what's going to happen who would have thought at the beginning of the summer we'd come back with six signings at arsenal and unai emery would have new teeth it's unbelievable and is your opinion on unai emery unchanged are you still unconvinced by him long term um strange lineup today um Slightly stubborn substitutions sometimes. Style, I still don't quite get it. 
Um, so yeah, I, I still stand by my my principle, and I still say it whenever something goes wrong. I say the sooner we can get rid of him, the, the better. I think he's not the right manager to manage this set of players, especially when we get more stars in, because he showed at PSG he can't do it to 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 bring out the best of them. So yeah, the, the sooner we can bring in a top class manager, the better for me. But um, I always said if he can be that manager to bring us back to parity. Um, to that point, we need to we, we, the the top four back into Champions League. That for me would be job job after after Arsene Wenger done. Do you think? Uh, well, silly question to ask. Do you think Pochettino is the right man? Do you think um, he'll stay? Do you think after this year, if he doesn't win a trophy, it might be all right? I've given it that last go. Or do you think there's because you know they're putting the money and they've got the stadium, they've got the youth, everything's there now. How many more excuses? It's interesting because obviously he said that if we'd won the Champions League, he might have walked away because, you know, where do you go from there? It's the biggest achievement in club football. Um, I think it really does depend. You know, part of me thinks that this is probably his last season because he had, you know, this is his sixth season now at the club. He has seen us into the new stadium. He might think he's taken us as far as he can if he does win a trophy. He might finally he might think that's a good note to bow out on and he might fancy a new challenge and he might think that because of all the factors you mentioned that the club is maybe ready for a new direction under a new manager um, I think it will all depend on on where we end up at the end of the season and whether or not he thinks there's enough to convince him that he can take us to another level I, I really don't know but I think definitely part of me I've just got this feeling that this is his last season at the club I don't know why I just got the sneaky suspicion that by next year one of the other big jobs will have opened up again and he might feel like it's time to to take another step um and who knows maybe this time next year both Spurs and Arsenal could be looking for new managers depending on what happens sounds like music to my ears Michael (laughs) so what we should probably do is something we haven't done before is kind of a a next fixture um prediction just so we can have a little uh, friendly points banter. Yeah. You go away to uh, City. Who do you think, uh, what do you think the score will be and who will be the first goal scorer? Oh, it'll probably be, probably be 3-1 City um, and Sterling will probably score first. I'm not confident. Oh, classic. We're, uh, we're home to Burnley. I'm going to go for 4-1 Arsenal because we love a token goal to concede. Um, and I'm going to say it's Pepe's time to shine. One uh, go run out with Pepe, uh, put, put all the doubters to, to bed, and start our uh, start our top four journey. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens next week, and we'll see what happens for the rest of the season. Um, be sure to let us know your predictions for the next fixtures and for the season ahead. Um, it'll be it's going to be an interesting season. <laughs>